Blog Talk Radio. Than anything else, and from what I understand, 
talking smack will still be after SmackDown pay-per-views. They're just getting rid of it as a daily show. That is correct. They are keeping it um, post the SmackDown pay-per-views, just canceling it after the individual shows. And it's not just in sports and sports entertainment. It also happens in regular entertainment. Um, I remember reading on Deadline or Hollywood Reporter Variety, one of those, uh, there was a show that got canceled and uh, the uh, NBC, I think it was, and they didn't tell anybody. And they found out about it through the trade magazines and through Twitter that it got canceled. So it is an unfortunate reality. Sometimes they make decisions, announce the decisions, and then but neglect to tell the talent. <laughs> right. So, there was a Um, I don't know. My turn. Um, I I think it was really. I think it was really stupid that SmackDown didn't tell Renee that that they were cutting it because she is the host of Smack Talk. In the way, like she had to find out by a fan on Twitter. I think. SmackDown owes her to tell her and not a fan tell her on Twitter. Yes. And uh, what's interesting is how she found out about it on Twitter was um, a person that I know, Eli and I both follow um, their news reports, uh, the John Report, John Canton from the John Report, is the one that actually tweeted it out, and it was just a general, hey, sorry to hear the talking smack was canceled at Renee Young at Daniel Bryan to the best test or something like that. And she was like, oh, so this is how you find out. <laughs> that was interesting. Now, let me ask so you. It kind of reminds have... me. Go ahead, Eli. I said it kind of reminds me of growing up in a small town where you find out news about yourself before you even knew about it. You know, yeah. your parents are like, well, I heard you were with that person. I'm like, no, that's not what I was doing. And that happens as we all three know because we all grew up in small towns more often than we like. So did you guys happen to watch Talking Smack? I'll I'll admit that I did not watch Talking Smack. Did you? We watched like the first ten minutes of it, but it was getting close to like eleven, eleven thirty here. And yeah. I had to get up early, so I went to bed. We went to bed, so no, we didn't get to see it. If I heard there was a, you know, a big promo, like in one of the early episodes when The Miz and Daniel Bryan kind of shot on each other, um, I would check it out on YouTube, but I'll admit that it wasn't something I went out of my way to watch on the network. So I think it does make sense from a business perspective to cancel talking to them, but um, it's the better way to do it. And here's the other thing about that, too. I think talking smack better than raw talk. Oh, definitely. Personally. But I think I think SmackDown's a better show than Raw anyways, and so their post show is gonna be better as a result. SmackDown is better than Raw because they use the talent. Yes. The thing that hurts Talking Smack is you have two oh five live afterwards. And I saw yeah. a tweet about the suggestion and I think this would work. Two oh five is live right after SmackDown with the tapings. Well, why not put it on the WWE Network 
after NXT. And this team talking smack after SmackDown. I think 205 Live would be better. Just call it 205 if they did it for full sale with NXT. The the crowds at Full Sail University to go to the NXT tapings tend to be a little smarter, if you will. That's the term, you know, for they tend to appreciate a higher work rate. And they're not they're there to see wrestling, not to see the whole show. So I think two oh five would actually be better if it was if they did it in NXT style, taped you know, take three nights and tape three weeks worth of shows or four weeks worth of shows and then air them pre taped instead of calling it two oh five live. And then you wouldn't have to ship the two oh five talent who the cruiserweight talent you know, one night they're on Raw, then they've got to travel all night to where SmackDown's being taped for that. And yeah, the Raw crew usually has a Raw live show on the night that SmackDown's being taped, or is being broadcast too on Tuesday nights. Um, but they're not trying to, you know, perform via 205 Live as much as they would be if it was all pre-taped, and then they could go with the raw brand to whatever live event is going on that night. So, I think it, I think two hundred five is an on-demand show would be, or you know, scheduled at a different time. Maybe go SmackDown, Talking Smack, and then a pre-tape two hundred five would be the better way to do it as well. Right. All right, let's go down to our two count. Two. All right, our two count today, aka our Mount Rushmore, our four favorites. Today we're going to discuss our four favorite current WWE wrestlers, and uh, I'll go ahead and start first. Um, I'm going to go start off with AJ Styles. I've been watching him since. Uh, 2010-11 on TNA and then followed his career kind of off and on. Found out listening to the Colt Cabana broadcast that uh, he was considered for WWE. He did a tryout with them clear back in the late 90s, early 2000s with a bunch of other um, guys. And uh, finally he's gotten his shot here in the last uh, year and a half and has taken the ball and ran with it. Number two, going to go with Kevin Owens. And uh, as I'm kind of a bigger guy, so I was like watching the uh, bigger guys wrestle. And Kevin Owens just impresses me with what he can do in the ring. That that uh, bullfrog splash he does, the uh, seton splash. His just he's an amazing talent in the ring, and he can talk. Like, I've never seen anybody be able to get heat. Like, Kevin Owens can get heat. And I'll be honest, I followed some of Kevin's career um, when he was in the Indies, when he was known as Kevin Steen. Again, thanks to the Colt Cabana Broad podcast. But I had never really seen him until he debuted on NXT um, right after Sami Zayn won the NXT. And uh, he'd come out, hug Sami Zayn, Walking up the ramp together, and he turns around, 
power bombs them off to the apron. And that uh, ring apron power bombs is one of my favorite moves. I love a power bomb, though, period. Eli, you can attest to the fact that I love a power bomb. <laughs> right. Number three on my list, Sammy Zang. He's uh, Canadian, as is Kevin Owens. And uh, as everybody knows, Canadians are taught how to wrestle at a very young age. And <laughs> uh, again, another talent I hadn't seen until NXT, although I had followed his career as a generic out. And uh, just has always impressed me with the way he can wrestle, he can talk, he can move. He's, he's got a real, because of his size, that underdog appeal. He's like a pure natural baby face. He is, um, as Stone Cold or JR might put it, a white meat baby face. And not saying he couldn't be a heel, but I have a hard time picturing Sami Zayn ever being a heel. And my number four, Eli, probably going to surprise you. John Cena. As you know, when we saw uh, SmackDown in, was that in 2011 you and I went to SmackDown? I think so. I was, uh, you and I were right up there chanting, Cena sucks, Cena sucks. And honestly, if we saw him today, I'd probably still be chanting, Cena sucks. But about two years ago, when he won the uh, U.S. title and started the John Cena U.S. Open, or U.S. title Open Challenge, he's just impressed me. Um, His work rate's gone up, his... Skills on the mic have always been top-notch, but he's not gotten lazy. He's uh, just really demonstrated a willingness to to work hard. Now, there are things I wish they could do different with Cena, um, and this goes back several years. Um, in 2010 or 11, when the Nexus debuted, Jericho talks about this on his podcast, that him and Edge – encouraged Cena to lose to um, Barrett in a SummerSlam match. Uh, it was WWE guys versus the Nexus. And uh, Cena didn't think so. And uh, he pinned Barrett and then continued to basically roll over the Nexus. And it was just not a, a good time. I think he still has that problem to a degree. He uh, should have you know, put over a little more talent like Rusev and uh, Bray Wyatt in their matches, I think. But um, I think John Cena is has hit that veteran stage where he can lose and not lose face. He just hasn't been told that he can lose and not lose face yet. So those are my top four. Eli, who are you going with? Um, I'm, I'm trying, trying to, to vary it up, up a little bit. bit. Uh, so some of these may be surprise you. Um, okay, I know like that I you're getting a little echoey on me. I don't know if you and Sarah are in the same room or what. Or sitting next to each other. Let's try that again. I said, I'm trying to switch it up a little bit. And trying to pick up different, uh, different wrestlers than I normally do. Um, so... My top four that I'm going to pick are Finn Balor. I love Finn. I love 
what he can do. I love what he does through um, the ring. He's just kind of one of those wrestlers that's really grown on me. That's really become a really big thing in this uh, industry, and I really wish they'd give him more of a push. Um, number two is Seth Rollins. Um, I really like watching Rollins grow as a character, even with his heel turn. I, you know, he was one of the best members of the Shield. Um, he had, for sure, in my mind, he was the best wrestler out of those three. Um, and he's continued to progress, except for his new finisher. I'm not a big fan of it. Um, I wish he would change it up just a little bit. Um, and then you have AJ Styles, um, which he's the phenomenal one. Like, how can you not put him on this list of your top four favorites? And, um, you know, I just, I've, I've really grown to be impressed with AJ Styles and the matches that he's had with Cena and the matches he had with Shane. And just any time he puts, you know, puts on his gear and gets into the ring, it's just, you know, you're going to watch something special, even with someone as like Chad Gable. I loved watching that match. You know, that's oh, one of those best amazing. matches that I've seen in a long time. It is. It's just so fantastic. And, you know, Chad Gable and AJ Styles, I predict that they're going to have a rivalry down the road. You know, again, and, you know, AJ Styles is just one of those guys that like, he can do so much. It's kind of interesting that we haven't seen a Styles clash finish as much. And so I don't, that's kind of interesting. Like, not, don't get me wrong. I think the phenomenal forearm is the best finisher in wrestling at this point. Like, I'll put it up against Kevin Owens' pop-up, bomb, uh, pop-up power bomb, and I'll take the phenomenal forearm any day. But I just yeah. love watching Styles, and I'm excited for him and this next guy on my list, whichever this one will not surprise you, Shinsuke Nakamura. You know, Shin is Not just one of those guys. Again, like, I mean, every you told me about all three of these guys. You told me about Finn, AJ, and Shin. And the more that I've watched, the more I'm like, man, Everett really is kind of right about this. You know, Shin <laughs> just has that personality. He just has that, you know, bravado that you're just like, yeah. Like, he doesn't have to talk much. And you're just like, yes, that was perfect. Like, he's a perfect example of less is more with him. And... I really enjoyed his uh, match w- matches with Dolph because I'm a Dolph fan. I think Dolph was underutilized, and Dolph was really close to making this list uh, along with Ty Dillinger. But, like, I don't know. Shinsuke is just one of those guys that you know that he's been through it all, and I'm really excited to see the AJ versus Shinsuke uh, at WrestleMania because we know that's coming sooner than later. Yeah, so that I would agree. have to be my top four. Excellent. All right, let's uh, switch over to Sarah, and uh, there we go. Um, my four is Sasha Banks, of course, because she's uh, probably the strongest competitor in the women's division and the best. I like Finn because, um, well, he came back from an injury, and he just started to wrestle again like he wasn't off of an injury. Uh, I love the Hardy Boys. I mean, they're legends. I think they're a good tag team match, and I like AJ Styles because he works for what he wants and he earns it. So. And here we are going to talk about uh, predictions and reactions from the week in WWE programming. First of all, great balls of fire. Here is two one. Number one, that's who I picked. Um, I think all three of us picked Neville. Is that right? I think so. Yes. Uh, Big Cass one. I think we all picked Big Cass as well. The Miz one. I think there was a um, slight disagreement on uh, if the Miz or Dean Ambrose is going to win. Alexa Bliss 
went over Sasha Banks. Seamus and Cesaro went over the Hardy Boys. They wanted to be best tag team either one. I think I think it was really great. Um, again, you know, just one of these times where it was a pretty decent card for probably the worst name of a pay-per-view ever, ever. Goodness gracious, can we get a better name? Um, I, I honestly not think the, it's the worst title since Capital Punishment, which took place in Washington, D.C., and was headlined by John Cena versus R-Truth. Right. Yeah, which I mean, I, it was pretty bad. Worst pay-per-views ever. Well, with a name like that and a matchup like that, how can it not be? I mean, I love our truth. I love what he has going on, but like that, just that was just bad. Um, let's see, uh, Neville. I'm not surprised by that. I really think the next big contender for the for the cruiserweight championship is Cedric Alexander. Right now, that they're done with this stupid Noam Dar Alicia Fox drama. I think they can really unleash him. So I wasn't surprised to see Neville. I mean, I like Akira Tozawa, but yeah, I, I just think I think Cedric's the next guy to kind of come up and kind of put that belt on him. Um, I think the big thing that really kind of bothered me again is it's you, it's the tag team match, and I'm a little biased because as Sarah can attest, when the Hardys came out at WrestleMania, I flipped my my lid like I was jumping all over the place. I was losing it because I was like nostalgia. But here's I the thing: I can tell the mark out from the text you sent me. <laughs> Oh, I was so – I mean, like, everything. Like, it was so great. But here's the thing that bothers me about this is that we have, in reality, in this on Raw, you have two-faced tag teams, which are the Hardys and Heath Slater and Rhino, which I love me some Heath Slater and Rhino because they have some of the best work I've, I've seen, and, I, and Heath Slater's really grown as a wrestler, you know, and, like, they really put that on broadcast on SmackDown. But now you have the titles that are still on a heel team, Sheamus and Cesaro – which kind of drive me nuts because I'm not really a fan of either one of those guys. I mean, you know I don't like Sheamus for a long time. I still don't like him. I don't know what it is. I just don't like the way he works. But the fact is the Hardys came out on Monday, which I know we're getting to Raw. I know we're getting there. But the, the Hardys come out, and you can still get a big pop on that. You, there's so many other things you can set up than having a titleless Hardys going against the license of Gallows, Anderson, and the Revival. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me as to why you don't put the belt back on the Hardys, which I think it's going to come. Well, here's, but, here's my theory on that, Eli. And it goes back to one of the news items we talked about talking about was I think they were setting up for the Broken Hardys. You know, they lost in the last second. And then they come out and, you know, they getting knocked around by these bigger teams, uh, you know, the club and, and the revival. And I think it was to set up. Yeah, I, I mean, that's just kind of those crazy things. I know I was excited to see the promo on Monday Night Raw um, about the Broken Hardys, and I think it is coming, but, you know, I've been trying to keep up with that as well. And I'm only going to pick one more thing to react here, and I think I'm going to go with the Bray Wyatt Seth Rollins match because I think that's one that was kind of been overlooked. Because, like, this is a big win for Bray Wyatt. Like, the fact that he has kind of suffered a little bit of losses. Like, I was had no problems with him having a title. I mean, I accept that easier than I accepted Jinder Mahal having a title. But I do like <laughs> Bray Wyatt. I know he's going through some personal stuff, um, like, you know, family life and JoJo, whatever, like, any of that stuff. But I, I think that that's a good one because like, Seth is in a place where he can lose a couple times and it doesn't hurt him because he exactly. is the man. He is the Kingslayer. So, I mean, that match, it was kind of disappointing, but I wasn't totally surprised by it um, because Bray, need, Bray needed to win. He was due to put a baseball term. 
Um, but, I mean, I thought the Great Balls of Fire was a pretty decent card, and I, I besides a few uh, things that upset me, like, I thought it was pretty decent overall. I agree. I think it was one of the better better pay-per-views of the past year. Um, very solid work rate. Every match was very, very good. So I, I agree completely. Sarah, what did you think of uh, um, I was actually I was actually a little disappointed by this pay per view. I always love pay per views. I'm always excited for them, but I was really disappointed with this one because at first I thought there'd be champion belt changes, but then as it went on, I was like, well, I guess it wouldn't make sense since SummerSlam's coming up. And um, Neville, uh, I was surprised yet not surprised because he's had it so long, so I thought they're ready for a new champion. Uh, their big cast. I love Enzo, I do, but I knew I would. I was. I had a feeling uh, Cass would win because I think he, they're ready. Raw's ready to take him to the next level instead of like just being a tag team. I think they're ready to make him a champion in this. Uh, the Miz. I did. I didn't know what to expect with that. I really thought Dean would get his belt back, but I knew the Miz would cheat his way into winning. So, Alexa Bliss. I. I really thought Sasha had it, but of course, Alexa Bliss cheated and counted herself out because I think she knows that Sasha is the one to take the belt away from her, and she like, she just doesn't want to admit that Sasha is better than her. She is. Um, Seamus and Cesario, I was really mad at this point. I was about to go to bed because I was so mad that the Hardys didn't get their belt back because I don't think Seamus and Cesario deserve it. I don't really think they're a good tag team match. But um, I mean, didn't they cheat to win, Eli? They didn't cheat? Okay. Well, I thought they did. And, you know, the whole thing with Roman and Braun, like, people are, like, freaking out about it. And I'm just like, well, what, what happened when Braun what, did to Roman? I mean, they didn't make a big deal out of that, but they made a big deal about, oh, my God, do you know what happened to Braun? Oh my, it wasn't even as bad as what Braun did to Roman. So I don't know why I wasn't freaking out about Braun so much when Roman didn't really do half the stuff that he did to Roman. And, you know, Brock Lesnar, I'm really glad he won it because – Samoa Joe isn't really isn't really that good, and I'm glad that he isn't. I don't like him. I really don't like. I really like Brock Lesnar. You know, I really think he's good, but I don't think Samoa deserves it. I really think Roman does, though. Roman definitely deserves a chance at a title match with Brock Lesnar. But I'm glad Brock shut Samoa Joe up because, yeah. But altogether, that pay per view was very disappointing. I thought it was a very typical post-pay-per-view show. Again, this is the nice part about having, uh, you know, you have a raw pay-per-view, then you have raw the next night. That's the bad thing that hurt SmackDown, I think, a little bit, is that you have this great pay-per-view, and then you have to wait a day and deal with raw, and it's usually just a bunch of talking, and then you have SmackDown. But I thought the raw afterwards was really um, a pretty average, but it was, it was a good show. It had a lot of talking. You know, we're still building up towards SummerSlam, which is coming up. Um, again, obviously I mentioned this earlier, the Broken Hardy 
like, you know, sub-tweet, if you will, in real life, you know, the Mr. Joplin of um, fade away and classify themselves as obsolete. You know, I, I geeked out. I don't know how many times I've watched that clip this week. Anytime I watch it, there's like, you're watching it again. I'm like, yes, like this tweet will never be deleted. Um, and I mentioned this earlier when we were talking before is that um, the Hardys are from Cameron, North Carolina, which is like 40 miles from where we live. Um so, like, and Matt was actually in Fayetteville with King Maxwell taking pictures, and it's just one of those things that I'm like, oh, I, 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 I drive by this sign every day. I wanted to see him. Like, you yeah, know, it was really awesome. to visit, we'll, uh, we, we should take a trip to Cameron. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, one thing, I don't, I don't, I don't know about this hearty the dark, what is it, the dark side broken. of the broken hearties? I don't know if I like that. I like them the way they are. I don't want Raw to break them again because then, like, Matt's going to be wearing this red long thing. And I saw the video, and I thought it was really weird. And I like them the way they are. I, I don't know about this broken hearty thing. <laughs> I think they're fine the way they are, but I really don't want them to come back because then they'll be all weird and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we were watching videos of like Jeff coming in as the obsolete thing and all that other stuff. But they're like, no, I'm like, yes, and the saving deities and all that good stuff. Um, but the other big thing, you know, obviously there's the big talking point, and I won't see this from Sarah. There's the women's what she likes, but like the whole build up between Joe, Roman, and Lesnar. Lesnar doesn't talk much, but for him talking that way, that was actually a really good segment. Like that's one of the best he's seen. Of course, Roman telling Angle and then saying, you know. Hey, like you guys grew up in the Attitude Era. I didn't think what I did. Yeah, but Kurt Angle sprayed people with milk in a giant milk truck. Okay, like there's a difference. Um, but you know, I, I think Raw was really good. I, I like kind of where they're building towards things. I, I do like the whole revival getting involved. I like Gallows and Anderson again. Like this goes back to my issue with Sheamus and Cesaro. In my opinion, they aren't the bar. That's the bars at the bottom. You know, this is like a dive bar. Okay, like. There's so many other team tag teams that are better than them, um, and I just again that's my own little thing. But um, I I love the ability I love the idea of potentially having this whole Shield reunion with Ambrose and and Rollins. I love that. You know I want I want to see more Shield. I do. I think we all do. Uh, and, but Miz is the right guy. You know he's gonna be the one that's gonna bring back. If anyone can bring back um, the Shield, it's gonna be the Miz running his mouth. You know, when I saw him form his entourage, I refuse to call it a Miz-tourage. When I saw him form his entourage, I, uh, it never occurred to me that that could be the catalyst to reform the Shield. Um, I think it's good to give two talented guys like Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel um, a little bit Miz on Vicky Guerrero. So you're kind of seeing shades of that, which I think is a very good thing. Um, Miz is probably the best heel in WWE right now. Just, you know, he comes out and the booze just rain down on him. And uh, I think that's fantastic. And uh, however, if it leads to a Shield reunion, that means we're probably going to see Samoa Joe versus Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam Part 2. Uh, because you can't have a Shield reunion without Roman Reigns. Uh, what do we feel about that? Um, how how you feeling 
do we want do you want to see Samoa Joe Brock Lesnar part two at SummerSlam, or would you rather see um, Brock versus Roman? I personally, I think we're a little, I think we're almost a year away from seeing a Roman versus Brock um, face off of any kind, whether that's for the title or not. Unfortunately, I hate to say it, I think Samoa Joe's going to get the drop. I don't know that he'll get the title a second time um, unless Brock, you know, because I know they're advertising. Like I heard Brock's supposed to be on a pay-per-view in September is what they're already saying. Um, so I don't know if that'll be for a rematch or what, uh, but I, I, man, I, I have a real issue. I know you're a big Samoa Joe fan, Everett. Man, I just have an issue with Samoa Joe having that title unless it leads to a Finn Balor-Samoa Joe feud on the big level, which that's pretty awesome. But I, I think we're going to see Samoa Joe versus Brock again. And I don't know that the Beast can escape um, Samoa a second time. And I, and honestly, that's okay with me because as long as we get a Shield reunion out of it, I'll, I'll be perfectly happy with it. Sarah, what are three thoughts of yours from this week's uh, Raw? Um, I, overall, I thought it was a good Monday Night Raw. Um, the girls' tag team, uh, it was between Sasha and Bailey and uh, Alexa and Nia Jax. I don't know what they're trying to build with uh, Bailey and Sasha because this is the second time they've won a tag team match between Alexa and um, Nia. I'm actually kind of scared of what it would become because since Sasha is probably going to get another chance at the title, uh, I feel like she will get the title, and I feel like Sasha is probably going to turn heel against Bailey. But that's like my greatest fear because like the friendship is what keeps me going. But I really will hate to see Sasha turn heel on Bailey. But I feel like that's what they're leading towards right now with all the wins they've been winning against Alexa and Nia. Um, the Hardys. That was a very interesting. Uh, part of Raw, and I was like, what is he talking about? And Eli was like, oh, there's a might be back the Broken Hardy. I was like, what's that? He showed me a video, and I didn't like where it was going, but maybe with all the losses, I hate to say it, maybe that's what they're trying to do is bring back the Broken Hardys. I don't like that whatsoever, but <laughs> yeah, that was insane. And Samoa, <laughs> Samoa and Roman, uh, I don't know. I kind of disagree with Eli, but who knows? He'll probably be right anyways. Um, I really think, like, Roman should have a chance at the title. I don't know what's going to happen, but, like, right now I have my money on Roman winning against Samoa for the championship for SummerSlam. But overall, like, I enjoyed it. I always enjoy it. So, yeah, that was my thought on it. And my thoughts were pretty much the same as your guys, except for one question. With them setting up Seth versus The Miz, where does that leave Bray Wyatt going into SummerSlam? Former champion, one of the top heels on Raw right now, and yet without a steaming feud, now that he's won two against Seth, who does he move to? Um, I really don't. Um, I, that's a really good point. Actually, I hadn't even thought about what that happens. Um, I mean, because right now we got Finn tied up with 
uh, Elias Samson, which that I mean, I know a lot of people aren't a fan of him, but dude, that dude is a jacked big guy. Like he's got Elias like flies coming yeah. down his neck. He is jacked. And he he's really he huge. Um, but I I don't know. I think that's a good question, and it and maybe it's intentional due to the personal stuff that's going on with Bray. Um, maybe they are kind of just sliding them under the radar for a little bit. Um, I know we were talking about potentially having a, a feud with with Finn, you know, God versus Demon, which bring back the Demon Finn, please. But um, I don't really know. Um, maybe I have, I don't know, maybe Kurt Hawkins. I, I don't know. I mean, give Kurt Hawkins something. I mean, we forgot to mention the best match at Great Balls of Fire ever was Keith Slater versus Kurt Hawkins. Like, how can oh, you yeah, that match? That's we we all saw that match. <laughs> I know, right? But, um, no, I, I don't know what's going to happen with Bray. I think they're I, – I just really don't know what will happen. Maybe Dean Ambrose since Seth is going to go to Miz, and I, I just don't know. It's kind of a good question. I hadn't thought about Bray versus Finn. I kind of like that matchup. Um, it would be – you know, they both kind of have these dark characters – um, and it would be even, a win would benefit either one, but I don't think a loss would hurt either one. Um, but I think that's probably the most natural chance of Bray, and it would be two former champions. So, all right. In fact, I was just looking there's at the Superstar Shakeup thing afterwards. Um, Forbes did a, a look at the different rosters and one of their exciting new, their number one exciting new feud possibility was Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt. So I could definitely, and it would be a huge match going into SummerSlam. All right, let's go back into SmackDown then. Uh, three reactions from SmackDown. Uh, Sarah, why don't you go ahead and uh, give us your three thoughts about SmackDown. Um, I never used to really like SmackDown, but since they did the whole superstar, was it shakeup? Uh, I've had to watch SmackDown because they've put some of my favorite wrestlers on SmackDown, but I've come to enjoy it and enjoy the other wrestlers on there. Uh, I really like how AJ Styles came out and said, like, you know, I'm going to do an open challenge you know, I'm going to put my title on the line. And that just shows that he is the best because he's going to put his title on the line all the time to show everyone that he is the best. Like, I'll put it on. Even though I just got it, I'll put it on the line every single time because, to show everyone that he is the best and that he is working hard to be a better wrestler. And I think that's great. And that's why he's the phenomenal one because he shows it every day on SmackDown on Tuesdays. And the elimination match for the tag, uh, the girls, the women's SmackDown championship. Sorry. Um, I think that's interesting. I really don't know who's going to win, but I think, like, I feel like Charlotte will win because I feel like I don't really know what to say, but Charlotte is the best. I think they're ready to have her get a chance at the SmackDown uh, Women's Champion because, and I'm glad Lana's not in this because she's already had so many chances. And I think it's funny how they've like, she had three chances and she was out by 10 seconds. 
real quick, since you're talking about the women's there, what do you think about, you know, Lana coming out and helping Tamina and Natalia and the three of them exiting together? Are we seeing the formation of, you know, two um, awesome women, big women, uh, protecting, you know, Lana? Are we seeing a grouping like that, or was it just... Yeah, Um, that's actually very interesting. Like, I was actually really confused when, like, the third time Lana got beat by uh, Naomi and uh, Tamina came out and, like, was saying, you know, come on, like, I was was really confused. And I was like, okay, so are they going to start being friends? I really don't know what they're trying to do with those three but it's very interesting, and I'm, like, really eager to see what they do with those three. What do you think, Eli? I think that it's going to be the best for Lana in her long run of her longevity because they are creating distance between her and Rusev, which is good for both of them uh, to kind of get yes. that couple because since now we have the contagious couple of the power of love, you know, with Maria and Mike Canellas. Um, it's good to have Lana get some back. I mean, I wish it was kind of someone better than Tamina, whose super kick looks about like mine, because we all know how inflexible I am. But um, it, just it, it gives her credibility because of who Tamina is, um, you know, who her dad was, the legacy that it is, and who Natalia is too. So I think that has, I think it's a good idea of building someone up to be the right place at the right time. I think it's a really good move. Again, I just think SmackDown is booked better. I think the creative team for SmackDown is leaps and bounds better with, than Raw right now. And using someone as new and inexperienced as Lana is still better than how they use the quote-unquote veteran of Nia Jax. So I think yeah, it's best for I, Lana. I think it's best for business. I agree. And while I've got you on the phone, you why don't you go ahead and share with me? All right. Um, well, I am so ready for the whole Sami Zayn and Mike Kanellis thing. I think it's been absolutely brilliant how they've played that out. You know, Sammy running out between them for the match, you know, knocking over pipes, you know, and this, you know, just everything. Um, I think it's been really great. I'm really excited to see because um, I've heard, I haven't seen any of uh, Mike's matches, but I've heard he can actually really go. And we all know Sammy can go. Um, so I, I, I think I'm excited for that. Um, I, I'm glad that they, they filled it up the right way. I don't know if you watched much WWE when Maria was on, but she is capable of getting some nuclear heat. And she and Mike were two of the most hated heels in Ring of Honor. And so I agree that was one of my highlights too was, is this the right feud for Sami Zayn is Maria and Mike. Right, and it's a fresh one. Like, how many times have we seen Kevin Owens for Sami Zayn or Sami Zayn and Baron Corbin? You know, and I like that, again, SmackDown is switching it up. You know, they're giving us more of what we want, a.k.a. Cena versus Styles, and yet they're getting what we don't want, Owens versus Zayn, unlike Raw, who keeps throwing us Ambrose and Miz down our throats every week. Um, it's it's good for a change, and I think it'll be I think it's gonna be right because Sammy is a lovable underdog that he's just kind of goofy, you know. So I think it's gonna make a really good deal, and I'm excited to see where it goes. 
Um, the other thing is, you know, the Shinsuke versus Baron Corbin. Everett, we tweeted about this yes. <laughs> on Twitter. We're from Kansas. We hate Baron Corbin. Like, he's when they say he's from Kansas City, they need to say Kansas City, Missouri, because Kansas doesn't want him. Okay? Like, no. lone wolf, because nobody likes him. You know? Like, absolutely. And I love Shinsuke, but if anyone's going to be able to help, uh, you know, validate Baron Corbin, it's got to be the artist known as Shinsuke and Nakamura. Um and then I think my third reaction um, for this, I think I'm going to have to probably go with um, the whole police files and Brizongo. And I, I hate that Brizongo's kind of fallen back a little bit more. I wanted them to get the title so much because Tyler Breeze and Fandango can go. We saw they that can. when they had the chance to. Yes. Their, their comedy bits are hilarious, and I love it because it reminds me of Kurt Angle doing the sexy Kurt or the time when Triple H and Shawn Michaels dressed up as Vince and Shane McMahon, and did yeah. that like that's the kind of stuff that I like because that's Attitude Era type stuff. But I also like this week's segment. It wasn't their best segment, but due because of the Ascension, the Ascension's hilarious, you know that whole part with them. But I think it's interesting because it, we still have the story between Zack Ryder and Mojo, and it's kind of taking a turn. I don't think I saw. I think Mojo is going to be the one that makes the heel turn here because he's just sick of being underestimated. Even though I thought I think Ryder might be the better heel character, I think Mojo is going to be the one that ends up turning down. But I mean, I love Zack Ryder. I love I love his re- interaction with Bri, uh, with Brizongo, and and that was that's still one of my favorite parts of every week. I look forward to the to the fashion files. Oh, I do too. When I first when they first started, this, it was like this is stupid, and then it just kept getting funnier. I I think it's really good. I think this, these are two of them. I think these are the two best current era tag teams that we have. Um, you know, obviously including the legends like the Dudleys when they were back and the Hardys, you know, and, and, and that stuff. But these are two of the teams that have made the made a name for themselves, winning tag team championships and having some great matches. And you know, the Us like WWE did with the Usos what they should need to do with Roman and make him heal. And even though it's yeah. been a little bit, I think, borderline racist stereotype profiling, um, it's worked. You know, the rap battle was really awesome. Um, and, again, like, it builds good heat because New Day is one of those teams that they're just contagious. And, again, like, Sarah can't attest to this. When they first came out, she goes, what are these morons doing? She goes, what are bootios? And, like, why is that guy gyrating? Like, what is he doing? And then uh, anytime she hears, oh, like, you know, she's like, what? she's like, oh, New Day, I got to stop what I'm doing right now and watch. You know, it's just like, it, they're one of those things that they just love. I love what they're doing. I think it's a good thing. And I think New Day becomes SmackDown champion. I think, I think it's on the rise. I think we're going to have a big deal there. Although um, on Twitter, seeing Matt Hardy kind of tweet at Jimmy and Jay saying like, you know, the Hardys and the Usos, which I'm super pumped that that ever happens. But I, I I like the idea. Again, I think SmackDown is the better show, and I think they're booking things right with less time than what Raw does. Do you know who is in charge of the SmackDown booking team? I mean, ultimately everything goes through through Triple H, Vince, and Stephanie. But the main man on SmackDown, do you know who that is? No. It's Road Dog. Oh, really? So you're getting yeah. So you're getting a little more. Um, old school feel, kind of like with NXT. You get a little more, and right. uh, it's not going anywhere because USA pays. If USA decided, hey, we don't want to pay WWE for this third hour anymore, then WWE would drop it. Um, 
I, I think I read somewhere Triple H said he'd love to go back to a two-hour Raw, but USA wants that three hours of Raw, and so they uh, they do the three hours of Raw because USA is paying for them, and WWE makes USA a lot of money, <laughs> which is you know one of the reasons why USA is now airing SmackDown, and you know they they've built a relationship over the years. With uh, Vince and WWE, week you could see Big E and Xavier. Next week you could see Xavier and Kofi. The week after that you could see Kofi and Big E. But if they wanted, they could also put, say, the U.S. title on Big E and make Kofi and Xavier champs. And then you'd have two tag team champs, or you'd have the tag team champs in the U.S. on as a stable. And it's been a while since they've done that. So that's definitely something they could do, too. So we are running out of time. So let's go ahead and go into the end of the show. And this is the segment we call the winner, even though we're not really competing over anything. Uh, Let's do some plugs real quick. First of all, we are on iTunes, Spotify, and TuneIn Radio now, in addition to being on Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, bye. Goodbye. And thank you once again for being a part of the Legacy Wrestling Podcast. <laughs>